Welcome to Creatively Optimized, the podcast for service businesses ready to shine online. I'm Jenny Belanger, the founder of Jenny B Designs, a web design studio that builds strategic and beautiful websites that are designed to book you ideal clients and make you money. With over 10 years of growing my own design business, I'm here to share tips to creatively optimize your business. Get ready to learn web design strategies for high converting websites, digital marketing tactics to reach ideal customers, and systems to simplify operations. If you're ready to blend creativity and strategy, you're in the right place. Join me on this journey to creatively optimize your unique business. Let's do this. Welcome back. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about one of the most important components for any business operating online is designing a website that converts visitors into clients. As a small business owner, one of the most frustrating things is to be pouring your blood, sweat, and tears into creating a beautiful website only to have visitors arrive and then leave without taking any action. You really need a website that persuades visitors and compels them down that path to becoming a paying client. So what are some tried and true techniques to boost those conversion rates for your website and transform more of that hard-earned traffic into sales? Because I know it's hard to get people to your website and you want them to be converting into clients. Today, I'm going to chat about the three best practices that I love to see for high converting website design and how you can implement them on your website right now. Welcome. If we haven't already met, I'm Jenny B. I own Jenny B Designs. We are a brand and web design agency, and I just adore helping other small business owners to get showcased online and to attract their ideal client and make them money. So let's start at the top. What is a high converting website? To put it simply, your website, if it's high converting, means that it's adept at persuading your visitors to take the intended action that you want. This usually means convincing the website visitor to convert into a paying client through either making a purchase or signing up for a paid service. I work with a lot of service providers, and typically their first step in the sales journey is to get on that consultation call, to book a call with them, or to send an inquiry form. So that's what it means to convert a client for those service providers. If you are selling something, a membership or a course, then for you, your form of conversion is to actually buy your paid product. And of course, for that e-commerce, that store, success to you means getting those shoppers to actually put the products in their carts and complete the checkout. Whatever it may be, as it pertains to your specific website, your website conversion rate holds massive, massive importance. The percentage of visitors that complete that target action that we mentioned directly impacts the success of your business, and it really determines if you're making money or not. And even a small improvement in a conversion rate can multiply returns. So let's talk about it. If you are a service provider, maybe you're making 100000 a year and you have a conversion rate of 1%, if you were able to bump it up closer to 3%, that would mean a 10% increase in revenue for you. Every single percentage makes a difference. And let's do a quick side note here, because I'm probably going to do a whole episode about conversions and how to track them. But for this 
episode, for the purposes of this, what do I mean by conversions? Getting someone to actually do the action that you want them to take on your website. And where do you get that number? That typically comes from looking at your analytics. For an example, let's look at me. The first step in my process is for someone to submit an inquiry and book a consultation call. To find my conversion rate, what I would do is look at the number of visitors that I have on my website per month. And then I would see of those visitors, how many people completed the required action, filling out that consult form. And I would take that number and divide that by the total amount of visitors. And that is my conversion rate. That would be my percentage. And just to give you an idea, typically they can range from one to, you know, 8%. I would say that most people are probably in the middle to lower end. It really depends on what your overall action is. For example, a store probably would have a much higher conversion rate than a service provider like myself who provides a, a higher ticket product. So now that you know that, Let's kind of geek out about conversion optimization strategies. My three best practices for websites that I think if you can implement, they will make a huge difference. The first practice is that you need to think of your website like your client or your potential clients. When they come to your website, they want answers and you have less than a few seconds to capture their attention before they click away. So how do you go about doing this? When someone lands on your website right away above the folds, that prime real estate to your website, and by above the fold, I mean you don't have to scroll down at all. You see it as soon as you go to the website on your phone or on your desktop, you see it right in your screen. You need to answer these three questions. What you sell, why that should matter, as in how it's going to help them make their life better, and how they can do business with you, what to do next. My favorite three words, call to action. This is what your client needs to understand before they start exploring any more around your site. And if your website says, welcome to my website, or it has jargon or words that people can't understand, that prime real estate is wasted. People are going to be confused and they're not going to know if they are actually in the right place. Getting this right can be a challenge especially when we're trying to write it ourselves and we're in our businesses. And that's where having a strategic copywriting partner comes into play. I work with so many amazing copywriters and they just have that gift that they can pull the words out from us as we blabble on about our business. They can pull out that, that tagline and that call to action and exactly the essence of what we want to get across to our potential client to encourage them to work with us and invite them into our world for a little bit more. If you don't have the ability to work with a copywriter, then, you know, I tend to think of it as having a headline, a big, large headline, a subheadline that's a little bit smaller, and a button. For the headline, be really simple and share what you do. Just simple words. And then the subheadline, how you can improve your client's life. It's a really good way to kind of get started. But don't try to get overly fancy or overly wordy. Simple is best. You want someone to land on your website, see a beautiful image that represents the results of what working with you will be. And you want to share with them exactly what you do, how you're going to help their life, and how they can get started with you. Really simple and clean. So that's 
Practice number one, you really need to think of your website as your potential client will when they come to your website. The second best practice is simplicity. And this applies to so many areas of your website. But for today, I want to talk a little bit about your navigation menu up at the top of your website. Those words, that bar that you see as soon as you land on that website. You're in that hero, but you also see that navigation bar. Where are you driving people to? And that is really, really important for getting that nice and clean and simple. When you think about your navigation, when there are too many options, people tend to not make a decision and they leave. You then, in turn, miss a sale. But every time you remove a menu item, what's left becomes more prominent. The goal of your website is to make you money. And how do you direct people to do that? When you're looking at your navigation, I like to say limit it to five or less. Again, like I said, I work with a lot of service providers and I always suggest the about, the services, and the contact as options in the top header, the navigation. If you have blog or resources, that could also be an option. If you have both, then I would consider having a dropdown. This same practice would be applied if you had a few different services. Have one service in the top navigation and either use a dropdown for your individual services or just drive people to a singular services landing page that shares all the different ways someone can work with you. And from there, they can take their next step. And if you haven't already, I suggest removing the home button. People know when they click your logo, it's going to take them to the homepage. One less option for someone to have to take time to decide on is best. So remove that home button as long as your your logo actually does link to your homepage. That's important. And if you have other pages, like say an FAQ, a great place to put that is the footer. That's when people are really starting to think about frequently asked questions. Not when they land on your website. But as they're navigating through it, they read your homepage, they get to the bottom, or they read your services page and they get to the bottom. And now they're thinking, oh, I'm interested, and this is probably a good time for FAQs. So again, try to streamline your top navigation as much as possible to drive people to taking the next step to work with you. And my third best practice is about calls to action and a website goal. We need our website to make money. What is the overall goal of your website? Again, the example of the service provider, a coach or a consultant. What is the first step in your sales journey? For me, we talked about it's to book that consultation call. That's where I'm driving people to. It could be to sell a membership or a course for you or to buy a product if you have a online shop. But it's important that you understand what that overall goal is of your website. What is it that you want people to do? And remember, this actually can change. It it doesn't have to stay the same for the length of time. You can change it yearly or quarterly, whatever works for you. But it has to align with your business goals. And what I mean by that is, say perhaps you are a coach and you have a, you've been coaching people on a one-on-one basis for a long time, and you have a new group coaching program coming up, well, then maybe for the next, you know, three months, six months, that's what you are going to be driving people to on your website. 
and your calls to action need to reflect that on all of your pages throughout your website, driving people to that first step. You want it to be obvious for people to know what to do. You want to be able to hand your website over to a youngster. And I always like to say, pass the Gabe test for my son. If I hand my phone over to my son, will he know what this website is trying to get him to do? You want to make it obvious for people to know what's going to happen. And for all your calls to action, let's talk about where you want to put them. You want to make sure that you have your site's primary call to action in the upper right-hand corner. For most of my builds, I love having this as a button. It just stands out with a call to action color. And when someone lands on your site, they look in the upper right-hand corner and they know that's what the website wants me to do. You also want to make sure that that call to action is on every single page of your website and it supports that goal of your business, whatever you identified as the goal at this present time. You can write your calls to action with brief and conversational natural language. Try to start with the verb and tell the visitor what he or she is going to get when they click on your button. Not just contact me, but contact me for a free consultation call. Something to that extent. And they really should be placed in the most logical spot, and it's obvious to the reader. Uh, This one I talk about all the time because I am a designer, and I like to make things look pretty. And perhaps there might be a link in the middle of a beautifully designed paragraph. I don't really love putting that underline under those words, but I have to because it's more important that the person on the website understand that there is somewhere that we want them to go and that there is a call to action in that spot. So you need to make sure that all your calls to action are obvious and that the user knows that they can click on them. And make sure that there are no dead ends. And what I mean by that is that when you get to the bottom of a web page on any page of your site, homepage, services, any of them, that there's no dead end, that you actually have a call to action where you're driving them or taking them to the next step in their journey with you. For example, if they're on your homepage and they scroll through the whole thing, at the bottom, there needs to be a button telling people, why don't you learn more about my services or learn more about why I started this business, driving them to the about page, or let's work together with a contact button. But ensuring that every single page on your website doesn't have a dead end, that is very important when it comes to your calls to action. And there you go. Those are my three best practices for a high converting website. Let's recap them quickly. The first one is that you want to think of your website like your client will. You need to get that hero landing right. The second thing is that you need to have clean and simple navigation. Less is more. Every time you remove something, what's there becomes more prominent and will get the person to actually go on the journey that you've crafted for them. And number three is you need to ensure that there are calls to action that reflect your current goal of your business all throughout your websites with no dead ends. There you go. Those were my three best practices for a high converting website design. I implement these in every single project that I work on and I encourage you to take a look at your website and see if you can make any small changes because doing so will increase your conversion rates. And when you do that, You're going to attract more ideal clients and you're going to make more money with your website. And if for some reason you feel like you might need some extra eyes on your website, I offer a website audit where I take a peek at what you've got going on and I do a deep dive and offer you some 
suggestions on ways that you can DIY your website to improve it, to make it more strategic with a few tweaks here and there. And in turn, you will see more conversions and make more money with your website. I'll share some information below about that if you're interested in the audit. And I hope you learned a few things and I look forward to chatting with you for next week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast all the way to the end. I really appreciate you being here. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and share it with someone else you know it can help. If you like this episode, then I want to invite you to visit JennyBDesigns.com where you'll find videos and resources to help make your current website work even harder for you. And if you're feeling like your current website doesn't truly reflect you or your brand today, it's not attracting your ideal clients or making sales, or maybe you just feel embarrassed by it and it's holding your business back, then reach out. I'd love to help you design a website that truly reflects you, works for you 24-7, bringing in those ideal clients and making you money. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time for another new episode.